Hey, Story Family. Welcome to the Story at Home. This is your host, Giovanna Huffman. For the next eight weeks, we're asking members of the Story community to tell us their favorite Bible story and how that story inspired them to follow Jesus. Let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to another episode of The Story at Home. This is Pastor Kale with you today. And this season, we're retelling our favorite Bible stories and how they've influenced and inspired us in our faith. So I'm excited to talk about Moses today and how his story of calling changed my life. Now, when most people think of Moses, even if you're not too familiar with the Bible, we think of him parting the Red Sea or calling down plagues or God giving him the Ten Commandments or him leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. But I want to go back to before that. I want to set the stage a little bit to what Moses has gone through before we see what he's called into. Moses had some baggage. He was an orphan. When Moses was born, the Hebrew people were multiplying like crazy. God was fulfilling the promise that he made to Abraham and he was making his descendants like the stars in the sky. Pharaoh, who was the Egyptian ruler at the time, he was threatened by the sheer number of Israelites, and he passed a law saying that whenever a male Hebrew child was born, they were to be thrown into the Nile River and killed. When Moses was born, his mother hid him for three months until she couldn't hide him any longer. And and being a fairly new dad, I cannot imagine how Moses' mom felt when she put her scared cold, hungry little baby into a basket and sailed him down the river. Moses wasn't supposed to make it. This story should have ended right here. And and I've had moments in my life, maybe not as dramatic as this, that I wasn't supposed to make it out of. And maybe you have too. But right then, God intervened. Pharaoh's daughter, she rescued him out of the river and adopted him as her own. And the first part of Moses' life, he was living in Pharaoh's house in great wealth and great luxury. Then one day, when Moses was was all grown up, he saw an Egyptian beating up on a Hebrew man, and he snapped. He killed the Egyptian, he he hit him in the desert, and went on the run. He, He goes into exile because Pharaoh, who was his adopted grandfather, wanted to kill him for killing the Egyptian. Are you getting a picture of how messed up Moses' life was? We're not done yet. While Moses was in exile, he he got married, he started working as a shepherd, and he was tending his father-in-law's sheep. He was just an ordinary guy, working an ordinary job with a boss that he probably didn't like, and I assume he got comfortable with his life. I assume he was was planning out the rest of his life with his wife, and besides being a convicted murderer, I, I can relate to Moses. He was comfortable. He was planning out his life, and that's where we pick up the infamous story of the burning bush. So this is Exodus chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him, it's Moses, in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. 
He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. What's interesting is when people think about a calling, they typically think of this burning bush example. They think that a, that a miracle has to happen in their life or that only pastors or that only missionaries are called to ministry. And that would be fine, except that the entire New Testament insists that everyone who says yes to God is called by God. Everyone is called into ministry. And, and, and now I, I already know what you're thinking because I had the same excuses as well. That, that's great, but, but that's just not the plan for my life. Or, or I've got way too much going on in my life for that. Or, or I'm way too busy at work. Or, or I'm raising a family. Or you've used every single excuse in the book. And, and guess what? Moses had excuses too. And God had an answer for all of them. Moses had these four big excuses that I think we can all relate to. And his first excuse was saying, who am I? Moses said, who am I that I should do that? That's Exodus chapter three, verse 11. And God's answer to him was, I'll be with you. I think this is our first reaction when God's plan differs from our own. I know this was definitely my first reaction. When I first felt God tug at my heart to be in vocational ministry, I said, I'm pretty sure you got the wrong guy. And the reason why this is a poor excuse for Moses and for us is because it's, it's almost like a fake humility. Right after Moses used this excuse, God just immediately answered Moses and basically said, yeah, Moses, I, I know. That's why I'm going to be with you because it's not about you. Isn't that our automatic response when we, when we hear someone else's plans? How does this affect me? Right? What, what can I get out of this? But God wants us to have a completely different mindset than that. What if our initial reaction was about God? What if our initial reaction was about his kingdom than the little kingdom we've created for ourselves? What if we proclaimed like, like John the Baptist that he must become greater and I must become less, not as an excuse, but as an opportunity to show the world around us who God is. And then Moses' second excuse. He said that no one would believe him. In Exodus chapter four, verse one, Moses said, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. And God's answer was tell them I am who I am. He said, they aren't going to hear from you. They're going to hear from me. And, and how many testimonies have started this way? Right? Like how many testimonies have started where you aren't going to believe where I came from? Or, or you wouldn't believe me if I told you how God has changed my life. And that's what Moses is saying here. He's saying, no, 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 God, you don't understand. These people, they know that I'm a murderer. They know that I'm the grandson of Pharaoh. They'll never believe me when I tell them that God has sent me to free them from slavery. And isn't that what we tell God when his plans are different than our own? No, 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 God, you don't understand. My family, my friends, they know me. Like they know everything about me. They know what I've done and they know my past. God already knows all those things about you. And it's your past that makes your testimony so powerful. Don't let your past keep you from what God is calling you into. Trust me, it's easy to do. But I promise you, someone in your life right now needs to hear your story. The goal isn't to make people believe you. It's for them to believe God. And then Moses' third excuse. He said that he wasn't gifted enough. 
Moses said this. He said, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. And God says, you're still missing the point. You've probably heard of the Enneagram test, right? If you haven't, it's the typical personality test that you take and and it gives you a type one through eight. And contrary to to some people's opinion, um, God isn't going to ask you what number you are on the Enneagram test before he calls you into something. He's not. Your personality traits, they don't define you. And they don't even define the work that God calls you into. In the upside down kingdom of God, he will take a type two and call him or her into something that a type eight would be perfect for. It's just the way God works. He isn't calling you for your gifts. He's not calling you for your plans. He's calling you for his plans. He doesn't want to fit in with our personality. He wants us to take on his. And then finally, Moses' fourth excuse. And this was when I think Moses gets really honest with God. And he says, for God to please send someone else. Moses said, please send someone else. And God says, you're finally telling me the truth. Finally, Moses gets real honest with God. And the truth is that we can probably get on board with God's plan. We can probably get on board with his calling, but we just want it to be through someone else. We'll help. If someone else starts talking about Jesus, we'll chime in. Someone else starts talking about church, then, then we'll mention the story. If someone starts feeding the poor, we'll help. But if we're honest with ourselves, we probably most identify with this fourth excuse. Please send someone else. We'll say that, that we want to build the kingdom of God, that we, that we want to make disciples in our household, but just right, not right now. God, just, just not right now. I'm in the middle of this big project at work and I am swamped. Can you send someone else? Or, or I just started dating this new person and, and I really like them and I don't want to freak them out over all this Jesus talk. Can you send someone else to do that? Or I'm just now starting a family. I'm just now figuring out how to be a husband or a dad. Can you send someone else? Can someone else take that? No, no, God, you don't understand. I'm too young. No, no, God, you don't understand. I'm too old to be doing something like that. Can you send someone younger? Can you send someone older? And we make every excuse in the book, trying to create the best case in the world for God to use someone else. But in reality... that God has already called that person to do something else. That person who has has more money than you or knows the Bible better than you or is a better public speaker than you, God has already called them into something different than he's calling you into. No one else has the same relationship that you have with your family or your friends or your coworkers or your neighbors or your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever in your life. Look, being called by God, it's not about you. It's not about your past. It's not about your giftings. It's not about anyone else. Being called by God isn't about you. It's about God. God had to hammer that in my soul before I truly understood what that meant. We all have our excuses. And God knows I've tried to use every single one of them. And I don't know what God is specifically calling you into, but I know that he's calling you to follow his lead. By definition, a call is asking someone to do something outside of their depth or or outside of their comfort zone. But to do that, there's risk involved. Having faith is taking a risk. We can look throughout the entire Bible and every single time God is calling someone into something that they're not prepared for. And and I'm going to let you in on a little secret. 
None of us are prepared, but Jesus is. Jesus is. That's the point of faith. If you feel stuck in life, or you're trying to figure out what direction to go down, or you're trying to figure out your purpose, or even what God is calling you into, look to Jesus. Follow Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. And I don't know what your excuse is today, but fight against it. Step into the calling that God has for your life to make disciples for the kingdom of God. Thanks for listening to the Story at Home podcast. And remember, church isn't a building that we go to, but a family we belong to. Love you guys.